Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Footy Brains podcast. Uh, round three has just concluded and teams have been uh, released back to us. A uh, few very poor scores this week from a few guns, which is uh, a bit disappointing, but we'll go through all that and more looking into round four. Uh, I'm here with Josh today. Josh, mate, how you doing? Going well, mate. I thought I'll give you back the hosting duties today, um, give you a chance. And yeah, this week, a bit of a funny old week with a few guns. The hop goat has gone to hopless, hopeless, maybe. Um, hopeless. <laughs> hopeless. That, was, oh, that was a bad one. Yeah. Last year. <laughs> but a few, a few comments I've seen jumping around. Um, but yeah, mate, climbing the ranks steadily. So not too bad for, for me this week, which was nice. Yeah, you've been on your way up. Uh, would you have a score of 840 or something like that? Yeah, something in the 800s, yeah. Yeah, I think most people fell a bit short of 800 this week. I know myself included. I think I got about 770 around there, and I've been just dropping ranks since round one, so I've got to pick up some uh, some players that are going to score me some points this week, that's for sure. So well, let's you know get... what they say, mate. Like, I'm a few ranks ahead of you, which means I'm a better bloke. So um, <laughs> checks out. Yeah, must be. Um, let's get let's get into some of these teams and some of the main uh, team changes. We won't go through all the teams this week, so feel free to head over to NRL.com and check out the team lists. And uh, they also put up a little bit of a fantasy analysis as well if you want a bit more um, depth as well into some of these teams. But we're just going to talk about the main changes, starting with the Parramatta Panthers game, which is on the Thursday night. The only real change here is Madison being moved to an edge and Hopgood holding that lock spot. Um, do you think there's any any love for Maddo here? Look, not to start the see like start with him. I don't think uh, now he's in this role. He, you know, always has been a pretty solid scorer in the in the back row in the edge there. But uh, I think his scores probably jumped when he was playing in the middle. Um, they were a little bit better, I thought, than when he was on the edge. You know, a couple of seasons ago. So I think I'm just going to kind of monitor him, and we'll uh, we'll see how he goes. I think. Yeah, I think he's not a must-buy this week, especially with so many options around, but he's definitely one to to kind of keep an eye on because if he does get 80 minutes on an edge there, I'd, I'd imagine that his scores will probably be hovering around where he's priced at now, you know, at the mid-50s mark. So um, hoping, hoping you know, he gets 80 minutes, Hopgood gets 80 minutes, and then when Sean Lane gets back, he gets close to 80 as well. But I, I highly doubt that's going to be the case, and there's probably going to be a bit of rotation <laughs> happening um, amongst that Eels, Eels pack once they've got all their main guns back for sure. Yeah, and it is worth maybe just pointing out too, Matt Dory is on that bench there. So I think there's a situation where... Dory comes on and then Madison shifts into the lock to spell Hopgood potentially. So that probably makes me a little bit nervous if I'm looking into Ryan Madison this week and probably just want to see how that rotation plays out a bit. Yeah, it, it is important to say he has been training with the squad this whole time. It's just that he was obviously missing the first three rounds because of his suspension um, from the finals game last year. So he is fit and ready to go. Whether he plays 80, yeah, that's a that's a whole other question. Um, and that's probably why you give him a week or two, see how he kind of does. Dury had a main a, a major knee injury, I thought, um, last week. It looked pretty bad. Everyone was kind of expecting an ACL or an MCL, but it seems like he's pulled up okay and he's been named. So um, interesting to see how that plays out. Would you sell Dury this week if you had him? No, I think I'm holding on to him. His break-even is still pretty low. It's eight for this round. So he's still going to make a little bit of cash. He's probably now just a bit more of a slow burn. Um, you know, if he crosses the line like he did last week, and even if he 
there's a potentially might play more during the middle now. Um, maybe moves into lock or something like that with uh, Madison, which could get his scores and PPM still kind of around that 30 mark where he's been hovering. Uh, I I wouldn't be playing him in 17s this week, but yeah, I think he's one. He's not an immediate sell by any stretch and probably has a little bit more money to make. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving on to the uh, Storm and Tigers game, which is the Friday night 6 o'clock game. Uh, the main change here with the Storm is that Munster's back in the team and Jerome Hughes has actually been hit with a two-game suspension after he lost at the judiciary last night, uh, which probably means that Pezzett, I think, will probably come back into this team. Uh, he played okay last week, got his uh, got a try on debut, which was pretty good to see. Uh, Munster's kind of fantasy stocks have slumped, obviously, since his finger injury, um, only down to 4.5% owned now. Do you think he, he bounces back here? He's got a break-even of 74, so might not go that high, but probably probably a bounce back from him? Uh yeah, still not one I'm probably really looking at this stage. Storm will look pretty clunky to start the season, which kind of has me nervous for, for Munster. One thing we know about him, though, he's pretty matchup proof. Even though he's got a pretty good matchup this week against the Tigers, you could see him, yeah, potentially bouncing back. But, yeah, I think for me, I'm looking probably probably elsewhere for this week and just assessing at this stage. Yeah, that's fair. And Harry Grant is just looking like, obviously the best best player in the game at the moment. Do you think he's a buy uh, this week? If you can somehow, yeah, fit him in, uh, definitely. I am kind of leaning a different route this week with uh, looking at, you know, Nico Hines is in pod range at the moment. So that kind of piques my interest more than going to a Harry Grant. I, last week I went Reese Robson over Harry Grant because I didn't have the, quite enough cash, which... Ended up going to right for me. Grease Robson got a got a four pointer, but yeah, I think Harry Grant is pretty highly owned. He was a pretty popular captain captaincy choice last week as well. It seems, um, and you would have been cheering if you went that way and had him in your team. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think if everyone's kind of got to squeeze him or um, Reese Robson into their team, you have to have one or the other at this stage. They're both the the kind of elite hooker options if you don't have Cook. Um, for sure. And they're definitely safe captaincy options. Maybe Grant more than Robson just because he's a bit up and down. But Grant, yeah, he's an absolute superstar and pretty much a must-have this year. Um, and moving to the moving to the Tigers team, plenty of changes here. Dewey's been moved to fullback and Wakeham is now starting in the halves with Laurie named at number 14. What do you make of this, this spine change? Yeah, they've... Uh... Yeah, going back to the drawing board and yeah, completely reshaped things, which is yeah, interesting. I am kind of uncertain about this, but I guess you know they're trying something different. They've been pretty average to start the season, so I may as well uh, try something new. I'm a little bit hesitant with Dewey. Uh, I think the other guys, Wake and Brooks, probably aren't in too many teams. Same with uh, Laurie as well, but Dewey, yeah, is one that I'm. Really arming and erring about. I think I'm going to get rid of him this week. Being at fullback doesn't scare me that much, but there were some whispers last week that he was doubtful for the game, which I'm not sure why they said doubtful. I think whenever I think doubtful, I think, oh, well, he's definitely not going to play, but he ended up playing, which was, which was great. But the the foot injury worries me. Uh, listening to Magic Sponge podcast, NRL Physio podcast, 
he was very hesitant about keeping Dewey and kind of put put in the same category as a as a rib injury, one that kind of lingers and can affect performance. That kind of worries me if he's going to pull back, he's going to be doing a lot more running. So yeah, that's at the moment I've got Dewey out of my team, but I don't mind giving him a week also. I'm just I guess for me trying to squeeze Hines in, so it was the only way I could do it. Yeah, that that's fair. I think that's gonna be a popular trade this week, Dewey to Hines. Um, especially trying to make up well, you've got to try and make up about two hundred K to get there, but um a double trade seems likely um for sure. He has a break even of sixty six this week, and the only real stats that we have for Dewey at fullback is from his first season at the at the Tigers. Um he played fullback and he did okay. He was very up and down, a couple of tries here and there, but he didn't have the kick meters anymore. So I just I have a feeling that because of the Tigers' form, he's probably not going to do much in the next couple of weeks. Like I'm sure he'll have a couple of good scores, maybe in the 40s and 50s, but I just don't see him, you know, going big, you know, 60 plus like we wanted him to from the start, where he could have in the halves. Um, so yeah, I'm I think I'm leaning towards definitely towards a sell for Dewey at this point in time. I think his average from that 2020 season at fullback was around the 41 mark. So um, if you think he, he can improve on that, you know, you probably need him to improve about 10 points on that mark. So uh, yeah, there's a, there's plenty of room to improve there for, for Dewey. I think if you're holding on to him, probably, probably safer to jump off, I would say. Yeah. And we say that with heavy hearts, we're all very big on, on Dewey. I've got him in, in drafts and things like that, but I think for classic, yeah, as you were saying, the next couple of weeks could see, yeah, the Tigers are trying new combinations, probably going to be a little bit of teething, see some teething issues. So, uh, yeah, I don't mind selling him, but I also don't mind giving him a week and just, yeah, seeing what he does. Yeah. I guess the only, the only concern is if you give him a week and he only scores a, like a 30, um, he's going to have a huge price drop and then he's going to be a lot harder to sell next week for sure. I think though, if you have him in yeah. draft, he's actually not too bad. He will get DPP as long as he plays, you know, three or more games um, in that, in that yeah, role. Point. So in draft, he's not too bad to hold because you can move him to your winger fullback spot if you have another half on the bench or something like that that you can bring in. So not a terrible hold in, in draft, but... Yeah, in classic, it's a bit worrying considering his his current price is around the, you know, he needs to average around the 50 to 55 mark to keep his current price up. Definitely, yeah. Uh, Righto, moving on to the... Oh, just I want to I chuck in a few quick things about this Tigers game, just quickly. Yep. Uh, Dawn Bloor on the bench, John Air has that uh, second row spot. I think Sean Bloor is kind of a similar to Ahmad Dury. I think he's a hold. He's got a low break even. Uh, if you need to sell him to make cash or whatever elsewhere, I think that's fine. But he's probably got a little bit more to make. And the other thing that kind of interests me, Junior Tupo has won this wing spot over David Nofaluma, it seems. David Nofaluma is on the extended bench. I'm not sure if he's – I don't think he's coming back off an injury or anything like that. Uh, he's just been dropped. So – that's kind of interesting for me. Um, probably one to watch with Junior Tupo around the 300k mark. Yeah, it's. I, I had this same kind of thought at the start of the week as well when I saw, um, you know, Tupo or Nofaluma being dropped. I just, I'm worried that he'll come back into the team and Tupo's just going to lose his spot. Like, there's every chance that they shuffle this again, and you know, Dewey goes back to the halves. Tupo goes out of the squad, Nofaluma comes back in, Wakeham goes back to the bench. You know, like there's so many different changes that they can make to this team that it it seems pretty risky to go 
any of these players, to be honest, at the moment. The only one that I'm kind of interested in is Appy at the moment because he has dropped a significant amount of cash and he's still um, he's still starting to come back to scoring 50s. So if you can fit Appy into your team and if you think he can improve on you know 50s, maybe up to a closer to a 60 score, he's another um, cut price gun that you could probably fit in because he's nearly at under 600k at the moment. He's nearly lost 100k, so uh, another hooker option there for sure. Yeah, no, I like that. But yeah, like like the chat on Sean Bloor, it's it's so frustrating because we picked him up at the start of the year hoping that he would play 80 on an edge, make a bit of cash and gets a HIA and Bateman's back in and he's already back to the bench. So frustrating. Oh, what can you do, eh? Yeah. Right, moving on to the Dolphins-Broncos game on the primetime Friday night uh, time slot at 8 o'clock. A few changes for the Dolphins. Uh, Kenny Bromwich has moved into the front row and Connolly Lemuelu has actually come into the starting team. And Felice Cafusi has actually been hit with a four-game suspension as of last night. So they'll probably see another player. Oh, actually, probably Kenny Bromwich moves back to the second row and they bring, you know, a Mark Nichols or a Ray Stone or even Wallace into the starting team. So a couple changes there for the Dolphins. Um this Dolphins forward pack, do you have any of the any of the players like a Nichols or a Stone or anyone like that? Nah, none of them are in my team. I've picked up Lemuelu in a few drafts. I really rate him as a pick, especially that you can chuck him in your centers. Uh, but yeah, I had Ray Stone kind of in some of those initial drafts, but um, was a kind of late swap out for a Dory or a Bloor, I think, for me, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of, it's interesting, this forward pack, because it's obviously been shifted and changed game to game, pretty much. Um, I think Lemuelu is actually not a terrible option um, this week. The only issue is that he is quite expensive already. He's in the 440k. He's at the 440k mark. Um, does average around 40 to 50 though when he does um, play big minutes. So do you have any, do you want to go for Lemuel at all or are you trying to steer clear of this Dolphins pack at the moment? No, I like him. Uh, no, ex-Cowboy. He's, uh, you know, always going to be a cross ex-Cowboy, you know. But, uh, look, I think, yeah, he's a bit awkwardly priced. Probably one I'm not really looking at in the classic sense. Um, just I'm pretty happy with running with, you know, Hammer and Alamotti at the moment in my centres, honestly. Um, but if he, he's got the potential to be the, you know, Ewan Aitken or, you know, that second row mm. edge center duel that, it's really nice to have for that kind of consistent 40-ish points. Yeah. So um, yeah, don't hate the move, definitely. Yeah. And what do you have for, for Ray Stone owners, people that are kind of holding him on the emergency? He's got a break-even of 20 this week. It only managed eight points uh, last week. I think he's still played um, a decent amount of minutes, uh, 26 minutes. 26 yeah. minutes, yeah. Hard it's one. a little worrying. But maybe this new rotation with Kenny Bromwich gives him a few more minutes. I thought he looked pretty good that first game. Yeah. Um, and 31 is like a solid enough score for for a bench guy like Ray Stone. I think if you've got him, you hold him, but probably not one I'm looking to bring in at this stage. Yeah, I think I think that's that's the case. Yeah, you just kind of hold him and hope that he gets another score. He's not. He hasn't exactly made enough cash for you to offload him to another player. So yeah, probably just a hold uh, at this exactly, point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the Broncos are same, same um, as last week, but I might just touch on a couple of things. Uh, Reese Walsh has kind of emerged as 
almost a gun fullback option. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, he's looked really good. And he's his ownership is skyrocketed as well. He's close to fifth close to sixteen percent now. Don't mind him. Yeah, he's had a pretty good pretty good run. There's I think there's probably like a bit of an expiry on him. He's you know, got a lot of attacking stats and tries in this run. He's what three tries in two games and try assist galore, things like that. So I think when the Broncos even this week the Dolphins looking good, so it might be a kind of tough matchup for him. Um, maybe comes crashing back down a little bit. Yeah. But even still, he's got a 23 break even. Definitely don't uh, knock anyone trying to bring him in. Yeah, I think Walsh is going to be one of these players that um, does have, yeah, like you said, an expiry date. It's going to come a game where he doesn't have any attacking stats and his scores are going to drop back to, you know, the twenties and thirties. Um, I think he was only on about 10 or 12 or something until the last 15 minutes of the game against the dragons. So he got very lucky with a couple of those tries, Payne Haas leading the way, um, giving him a couple of assists. But yeah, I, I just, when you look at his stats, so many try assists, line breaks, tries, tackle busts. I just don't think he can keep that up all season. I mean, if he can props to him, but it means that once he kind of loses some of those attacking stats, say the Broncos have a poor game, he's, yeah, he's going to come crashing down in a big way. For sure, yeah. And, yeah, I think a few of these Broncos are kind of in the same boat. Like Tony Staggs had a good game on the weekend. Selwyn Cobo had a good game. Selwyn Cobo kind of interests me just because he's dropped a lot of coin already. If he starts to hit that form again, we know from last year he can hit like 80s. So probably, yeah, those two also I'm keeping an eye on. Yeah, finally, Staggs has a good game. Looks actually <laughs> looked very good on the weekend. Um, yeah, I I'm still hesitant to pick him up, even with um, you know the centers that I'm running. I think I'm running the Hammer and Alamotti at the moment in my centers, but yeah, he does interest me a little bit. Just very very concerning his first two scores, that's for sure. Okay, looking at the Cowboys and Titans game now. Uh, Cowboys only one major change with Ruben Cotter being ruled out with a knee injury, which sees uh, Griffin Neem coming to the starting team. There's really not much to say about the rest of the team, but it's really just touching on Cotter. What would you do with Cotter if you had him? Yeah, I was listening to the cow. I was listening to Top Payton this morning. He said one to two weeks. So I think he's, I don't know. He hasn't been hitting that great of form either, but I kind of lead that he's that he's probably a hold. He's gonna, um, yeah, come back in a couple of weeks. You assume there's not too many performance issues when he comes back. Uh, was it hamstring? I think it was or knee complaint. I think it was knee yeah, complaint. Yeah, knee. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I'd, but also, if you were gonna use him to hop to a Nico Hines or something like that, I definitely don't hate that move. Also. Yeah, I think he's I think he's a hold, but I do like that call actually if you can trade him up to a, a Hines, that's a that's a good option, especially if he misses, you know, closer to two, three weeks. Um the only yeah. obviously he had a poor score in the round just gone because of his knee injury. And the week before that he had six missed tackles against the Broncos. So if he gets his, you know, normal game in with his normal minutes around the sixty to sixty five minute mark, he is still a gun for sure, and he would be a hold. But I mean if you can upgrade him to a Hines, because he is at that kind of that that cash point at the moment, you know, 700K gives you a good platform to get up to a Heinz that's at 900. Um, yeah, it's still a, a good trade-off um, for sure, but not one that's 
Not one that's urgent, I reckon. You could probably use him as a bit of a loop for the next couple of weeks if you want to hold on to him. Yeah, I like that. And I just wanted to touch on one other thing from this team, more from a draft perspective, but Helam Lukey came back last week. Um, I think he could potentially get this spot that Cohen Hest has once he kind of hits fitness and things like that, where he played close to 80 minutes. So I don't mind him as a stash on the back of a draft bench. And if he if he drops enough coin, he could be a classic option as well in a few weeks. Yeah, I think he... He played uh, 15, 20 minutes off the bench last week. Um, yeah, expect him yeah. to take that spot off Hess, especially because he's kind of their future back rower there with um, Nanai. So, yeah, definitely like that call. And even for Classic, he, he'll drop a bit of cash before he comes into this team starting. Although he is off the back of an ACL injury, so whether they give him 80 minutes is, you know, another question as well. Definitely, yeah. Uh, right, oh, moving on to the Rabbitohs and Manly game on the Saturday night. A uh, few changes for the Rabbitohs with Hame Sele out with his, uh, what was it, grade one concussion? Grade one? What, what is it? The category, category one. one. Category one concussion. Um, Shaq Mitchell <laughs> with his knee injury and Totola as well. He's out again. Oh, it's rough for the Rabbitohs. They just can't seem to hold on to their front rowers at the moment. Um, so it sees Saluka Fafita come into the team and Jacob Host has actually taken Cheekam's spot in the back row as well. Yeah, what, uh, I mean, what, if anything, do you have to take away from this? Cheekam looks like a, a one to watch now because he has lost that starting spot. So if you brought him in, he's probably getting close to his expiry date as well. What do you make of this Rabbitohs pack? Yeah, I agree with that regarding... Cheekam, I think he's still got a negative break even though for this week, so definitely not a sell yeah. um, this week. But um, yeah, it's. I just wonder where all these minutes are going to go for the front row. I think it's good for Cam Murray. Like they're going to have to play him big minutes um, again. Yeah, interested in some of these guys like Fafida or Mawali, who we've kind of talked a little bit about in the in the off season. Maybe they turn into the new Shaq Mitchell now that he's out for. Seemingly closer to two months, um, potentially as well with that injury. So, uh, yeah, I think it's probably just a monitor for this week, but could be a very nice jump on next week and a downgrade to somebody to pick up some extra cash. Yep. Any love for Jacob Host in this team? That depends. I haven't even looked at him. 348K. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Uh, Very cheap. I'll probably still give him a week, but yeah, he's, and I don't know, traditionally Jacob Host, he always kind of, he's just one that is kind of there, like he never pumps out these kind of 40, close to 50 scores that you kind of like to see in these edge back rowers. They've still got Cheekham there, which you'd assume would spell him at some point, so he probably doesn't get 80 minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah, probably one I'm just looking at at this point and react if necessary yeah host has always been a bit of a plotter but i think he's just in there to to fill the void until jay arrow's back as well um it's just unfortunate that mm. Cheekam has lost that spot for everyone that brought him in um unfortunately but yeah he's got another price rise left in him i think it's probably good for guys like davy moali hopefully he gets a few more minutes with shaq mitchell out because they've like been the rotation forwards for the last couple of weeks so hopefully he sees his minutes increase. I think I feel like we've been saying the same thing for Davey Moali for the last two years, hoping that he gets more minutes on the on the 
on the park. But yeah, it just kind of never happens. He always hangs around the 20 to 30 minute mark and, you know, gets 20 to 30 points. But if he ever gets, you know, 50, 40, 50 minutes on the field, his PPM will see him, you know, skyrocket in price for sure. Yeah, I think so as well. Not much you can do except just watch and, yeah, see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. And this Manly squad, do you have any any thoughts about it? I mean, it's the same as last week, but obviously the likes of Turbo coming into form. Schuster looked really good, except his kind of fantasy scores didn't translate based on his performance. Um, yeah, any any thoughts here? Yeah, I agree. I thought Schuster looked really good. It's kind of a tricky one now that, you know, teams are set and... It's going to be pretty hard for me to get him in at this point, even though I was pretty keen on him in the preseason. Yeah, I think he's just the same in this category. I'm just kind of like wait and see if he has like a big game next week or something I could see myself jumping on, but nothing at this point. And then I think Tommy Turbo is close to a must-have at this point. Like he's, he looked unreal on the weekend. He's, yeah, scoring tries for fun. He's kind of... Saw him a couple of times, gets top speed, which was really nice during this game as well. So he's, his honey's holding up. And yeah, we know when Tommy's healthy, manly looking good, like he can pump out these 75 like he did on the weekend. And yeah, really hurt you as an on-owner, I guess. Yeah, I'm looking to get Turbo in this week for sure. He looked very good on the weekend. I think... um he's probably as cheap as you're going to get him as well. Like this is about the price that you want to be getting some of these premium fullbacks in like your turbos, your teddies, your Pappenhausen's, all those kind of guys. You kind of wait, you, you, you got to kind of watch the dip. And once they do dip below that 600 to 650 mark, that's when you jump on them. And turbo's right at that mark before he skyrockets. So his break even 30 this week. He'll hit that with ease uh, for sure. So definitely get him in this week if you can, because yeah, he's only going to go up from here and Schuster. Yeah. 30, what did he get? 35, and he had three try assists. So um, definitely a good avoid to start the season. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be looking to get him in unless he, like you said, has a big game. Yeah, I like that call. Yeah, mate. Uh, moving to the Warriors-Bulldogs game, the first game on the Sunday. Warriors, a couple of changes with uh, Mitch Barnett out because of his uh, neck injury, I believe, and Egan out as well. Uh Unfortunate for, for Egan, um, he was looking like a pretty good hooker option and I th- can't even remember what his his injury um, was. HIA. HIA? Oh, okay. Knocked, yeah, got knocked out. Yeah, I think category one as well. Like, it was a pretty bad one. Yeah, right. So he's going to miss this yeah. week and he'll be hopefully back uh, to play next week, uh, which sees Freddie Lussick coming yeah, to Yeah, he should be. Yep. Yeah, just one thing that NRL Physio said as well, with this new rules with the um, – the category one missing, I think it's 11 days now. It literally only affects three teams. Like there's only three teams that have like in, throughout the season, he was saying there's three teams that have an 11 day turnaround that it could potentially knock them out for knock them out, get them out for two games. Um, so I don't think it's one to like really kind of um, panic about. I think players generally missed a week anyway, if they were knocked out. So um just one as kind of like an FYI for people not to get too too freaked out about it. Yeah, I suppose it would mainly affect players, well, teams that consistently play the Sunday games, you know, missing two weeks if they have, well, if they play a Sunday game, they get knocked out, and then in two weeks' time they're playing like a Friday or Thursday night game, then it might actually see them miss two weeks, but unlikely that they ever miss two weeks most of the time. Uh, 
in this Warriors team, uh, Jackson Ford comes back in and Chance is back in at fullback. Any any love for these players? I know Sean Johnson's been kind of going under the radar as a pretty good halves option and has already picked up a bunch of cash as well. I think he's improved by about 100 and 120K or something like that. Um, so he's kind of on the up, Sean Johnson, with scores in the 50. Um, any love for some of these Warriors? Yeah, I've actually gone to... Uh, I've actually got in Jackson Ford at the moment. I've traded him in this week. Looks like he's got that role back and could play hopefully 80 minutes again in the second row. I think he's a pretty good option for if you don't have him or if you do have him and you hold him. I think he's a pretty good one to chuck into your 17 this week. Uh, it was one of the downgrades I was able to do to kind of get me out to Nico Hines. And then I think Neocore is a good one for drafts. Toe Harris has started the, the season really well and, yeah, continues to go from strength to strength. And then I think just lastly, I want to have a moment of silence for, for Josh Curran. I don't know what he's done, um, what pictures he's got of the coach, what he's – yeah, on the, on the reserves, mate. Um, yeah, crazy. Best player last year probably for him. Has looked pretty good in the time he played this year as well. But, uh, yeah, what's he done, mate? Who knows? I don't know. Missed out on selection completely <laughs> in the reserves. It's pretty for crazy Tom how he's, he's... Yeah, for Tom Arley. I mean, oh, well, even Jazz Tavanga, I think, has come in there as well and taken a spot. But I can't believe they don't have any space for him in this team. He's been their best player for the last two seasons, for sure. And all of a sudden, he's just been left out. Yeah. Something's up. Something's up there. <laughs> don't know what's going on, but something's, something's going on. Yeah, I think he. We were kind of eyeing him off as a potential bring-in option once he does get back into this to this team and does start playing big minutes. But he's yeah, he's definitely on the outer, and Webster doesn't seem to seem to rate him. So unfortunate if you do have him. I mean, he's in less than one percent of teams. So if you do have him, he's definitely a drop at this point. Um, but one to one to kind of keep an eye on, especially for draft as well. You could kind of stash him and hope that he comes back into this team because if he does get back into the starting team of the Warriors. He'll be scoring, you know, 50s plus pretty comfortably. So, yeah, one to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah, I like that. And on the flip side with the Bulldogs, Jacob Preston emerged as a must-have. Um, did you fit him in last week? I did, thankfully. Yeah, he looked really good. And I think he's uh, also a, a get for draft league. So, he's, yeah, he looked unreal. He's playing 80 minutes on that edge. Bulldogs are looking good. Good stuff. Yeah, and what's uh, what's encouraging yeah. is his is his base stats. Um, thirty six tackles and one hundred and thirty meters, giving you about forty nine points in base stats. So, uh, yeah, love to see that from an eighty minute back rower. Um, and Preston, yeah, only at three sixty k, must get in. I think even with TPJ coming back, he probably holds this spot. What are your What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I think he does as well. Yeah, I imagine TPJ will probably. Um, on through the middle and yeah they seem pretty keen on him as well like he's a young gun I think he's a junior of the club so they got big wraps on him and I think they want him to to keep this spot here on the edge yeah that's for sure I think they're going to kind of invest in him in for the future so most likely he gets that starting spot and it plays at least 60 plus minutes on an edge uh and Burton uh, finally had a game where he where he came back into form, started running the ball a bit more, and he looked very good against the Tigers. Down to 6'10K with a break-even of 45 this week. Do you think he's a potential pot option? 
a pot option? Well, everyone's kind of jumped off him. He was about 20, 22% owned or something starting starting the season. Now he's down to 11%. So people have been jumping off him. A little bit of a, a point of difference compared to some of the halves. Everyone's trying to get Hines and well, obviously Cleary's back this week. So um, he's obviously your, your fringe half. What are your thoughts? I like it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it looked good on the weekend. And... This is probably like the reason we we're saying to people like, oh, look, we don't mind Holden Burton. We know he's going to lose a bit of cash, but it looks like he's probably bottomed out and it's going to start rising cash again now. So, you know, in a couple of weeks, he could be back to where he was kind of starting price potentially, especially if he keeps scoring kind of high 50s. So, yeah, I, I really like him as a buy. So, yeah, I think, yeah, 610K, I don't think you're going to get him much cheaper than that. You can maybe like wait a week, see if he has another, you know, kind of average score or see what he does next week. His break even is still 45. So even if he gets another 59, he's not going to change too much. Um, but yeah, I like him. Look good. Yeah, I, I like that idea. I think give him a week. If he scores another 50, that's your that's your signal to, to jump on him next week for sure because he'll probably make another 10, 15K, but he'll still be, you know, under 650 and a premium half option at that so yeah one more one more game and hopefully he gets a 50 plus and gives us another option in the halves at a cheaper price for sure and just sorry one thing i maybe didn't watch the game as closely as i would have liked but is Flanagan back to kick in or what's happened with his goal king because i realize he hasn't got any points for that yeah so Flanagan was doing the goal kicking i i can't remember what they said about that, um, but yeah, they they handed it over to Flanagan. I'm not sure what the reasoning was behind it, um, but it does mean that he he does move, lose a few points there. So you know, six to ten points a game, Burton's going to lose. So it might mean that his fantasy stocks drop a bit, but he could get that kicking back in the future as well. Not sure, not sure what the reasoning was around that. Yeah, that's a big factor for me. I love like a half goal kicker. So that make me, makes me a little bit hesitant to jump straight on him. And, yeah, probably makes me want to give him another week. But, yeah, extra 10 points, especially the way the Bulldogs been playing, is really handy. Yeah, definitely keep an eye on that for next week if he does score well, needs that goal kicking back. I think he has to have the goal kicking for him to be a premium half option. Otherwise, he's just going to plot along, plot along around the 40 to 50 mark, especially losing those points. Yeah, I agree. And moving on to the second last game of the week, the Knights taking on the Raiders on the Sunday. Uh, not too many changes for the Raiders. Uh, Danny Levi's out with his broken jaw, so he'll be out for the next couple of months. And that sees Zach Wolford move into the starting team and Tom Starling on the bench. Uh, probably don't need to spend too much time on it. We thought Starling was going to be you know, a must-have option getting 80 minutes, but Wolford's coming to the team, so... I mean, Starlings has been doing pretty well. Still a still a draft option, but probably not an option for Classic at this stage, um, especially with two hookers rotating there at the Raiders. Uh, but for the Knights, uh, Dominic Young misses out with uh, Greg Marzu coming in, and Leo Thompson's moved into the front row, which sees Kurt Mann start at lock again. Uh, any love for players in this Knights team? I know Miller's been pretty good, but Marzu coming into this team, do you think there's any value in him? Yeah, I, I do think there's some draft value definitely in Marju. He's pretty expensive in classic, so probably not one I'm I'm looking at at this point, see how he goes. 
I know I was it was probably one I was thinking of in the preseason, especially when Kalen Ponga was playing six and potentially throwing those nice cutout balls to him on the wing. I don't think he's a buy until Ponga probably comes back in this side anyway. Um, but we know he's got that great base, big unit, and um, yeah, definitely potential to be a kind of consistent forty-plus scorer in your in your one fullbacks. Yeah, looked very good in the preseason, and now that he's come back into this team, I think he'll probably have some pretty good scores. I just Dominic Young will come back into this team, and I'm just hoping it's the, at the expense of Heimel Hunt and not Greg Marzu. Um, that's definitely going to be one to watch. Obviously, like you said, not classic value for, for Marzu just yet. Definitely keep an eye on him for a few weeks, but yeah, definitely one to one to pick up in draft if you can. He'll be sitting amongst the waivers for sure. No one's probably picked him up. Uh, yeah, I really like that as a call, and I think he's he's been dropped this week, hasn't he? Um, How many count? I don't think he's injured. Yeah, he's been dropped. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, so... Seems to be on out or a little bit at the night. I wouldn't be shocked in a couple of weeks if he's over at the Roosters and uh, potentially takes um, Paulo's spot there on the wing. So, yeah, I really like him as a draft pickup for that reason, just in case he goes to the Roosters and gets that that spot as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, the last game of the week is the Dragons and Sharks. There's not too many changes. Oh, actually, there's a guy called Nico Hines that's uh, starting for the Sharks. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people are trying to bring Hines in this week. How? I guess you've already kind of talked about it. A lot of people are getting rid of Dewey to go up to Hines, but how? I guess would I, I guess what would you recommend for people that are aiming to get Hines this week? Um, do it. I think <laughs> he's. Uh... He's pretty good. Top uh, top point scorer last season. There is a little bit of concern. I guess he's come off the calf. He might be a little bit undone. But, uh, yeah, I think that if he was on the extended bench or something like that, I'd be a little bit more hesitant. He's been named to start. He, uh, yeah, I really like him. He, if he's, especially if he's like under 15% owned going into this week, it could be a massive point of difference if he pumps out like a 70 plus or even a, a 90 plus like we know he can um so yeah i really like him and i'm considering chucking the captaincy on him as well to start the week well i guess to end the week he's the last game so that's kind of my thought process it is tricky he's, he's pretty highly priced i ended up going carrigan down to ford which kind of freed me up and then I went Dewey to Hines. That's how I was able to do it. Yeah, it's just expensive. You're going to have to sacrifice someone, but I think it's a sacrifice I'm willing to take. Yeah. My only kind of last thought would be he has a buy in two weeks. Um, so, But I think he's kind of a situation similar to Tommy Turbo when we're talking about him in the preseason, and now that's paying dividends in Three weeks, we could have another five injuries and be struggling to fill the team, plus, you know, other buys and things like that. I think I'm happy to lock him in. I know he misses a week, but having him there, I think, is just a nice safety blanket. Having the Cleary Hines combo, what are you going to want end of the season? So just lock in now while you can, hang the points. 
Yeah, and I, I kind of agree with you there. Like you said, the buy was the thing that I was aiming for and waiting to after the buy to to look to pick up Hines. But the fact that they've got the Dragons and the Warriors leading into that buy does provide an opportunity for him to even increase um, his his uh, price. So um, obviously, I'm not looking for the price rises. I'm just looking to get him in as cheap as possible. But that'll be a bit hard if he does, you know, hit 70 plus over the next couple of weeks and his price still stays at that about, you know, 1 million mark. So very, very difficult times to get in Heinz. But I kind of like the way you did it there, downgrading a Carrigan um, to get to 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 upgrade Dewey into Heinz makes makes complete sense to me. You could do the same with, you know, a Ruben Cotter or a, or even a Joe Tarpany because he's kind of lost his minutes as well. There's there's plenty of options there to to move towards Heinz with. Um, but I guess with that, let's get into some of our fan questions. Um, if you have any questions for the podcast ever, just head to our Instagram at footybrainspod and we put up a post, uh, or put up a story every every week before the podcast comes out on the Wednesday. So it'll come up on the Tuesday. Uh, question from Nat, is Tohu Harris a good captaincy choice this week? Yeah, I think he's a good captaincy, cho- captaincy choice every week. Um, he's got 51 last rounds. I think he's still probably not as good as a Cleary or Hines, I'd be leaning one of those two over Tohu. I think Cleary will have a nice bounce back this week. He's had the week off. They're playing uh, the worst team in the comp this week as well, which is nice in the Eels. So, um, yeah, Cleary could have a nice week too. And I think when I'm looking at captaincy options, I like to kind of shoot for the stars a little bit. Tohu's going to kind of vary. He's going to be in that kind of 50 to 70 range which actually is a really big range. He'll probably be closer to that 60 to 70, I would imagine. Cleary, we know what he's kind of feeling is he'll get 100 potentially this week, um, which is kind of why I like that that option. And he's still got that, you know, similar floor to what Tohu has as well. <sighs> Hated that, but uh, yep. Thanks for the insight, <laughs> Josh. Yep. Appreciate that. Um, Jacinta asks, with Dewey moving to fullback, does that make Wakeham a bit of a buy this week? Uh, nah, I don't think so. Probably just one to watch. I assume he's probably been doing some good things in training and uh, New South Wales Cup or whatever he's been, Reggie's, to kind of force his way into this team. But yeah, I think just a watch, not really a buy. Yeah, he scored 30 in 30 minutes and he's priced at 350k. Um, I mean, if you're if you're a risk taker, not a terrible buy, but yeah, he's uh, a huge risk. Um, they could change the squad back with Dewey back in the halves next week. You just you just never know. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Question from Noah: uh, Will Utuikamanu keep up this level of minutes? Yeah, I think it looks promising. They they dropped Joe O, which I guess we didn't really touch on in the team list, but uh, looks like he's kind of won that starting spot. He's getting solid minutes. So, yeah, I think all signs are pointing to to yes. But, yeah, the Tigers team, you never know what they're going to do. With They literally just reshuffled their whole team this week. Could do the same next week. So, uh, yeah, there's that element of risk with it. Yeah, I think, uh, Big Steph, if you started with him, he's been a pretty good cash cow for you. He's already made 80K and is on the up. I would be a bit hesitant bringing him in at this point, you know, closer to 500K. He could drop in scores. Uh, well, his scores could drop 
um, just like they did for round one um, pretty pretty quickly as well. And you got to consider he did have a try save last week, and he also had a try the week before to get him up to fifty. So uh, yeah, there's not there's not a huge amount of value there left in uh, Utuikamano at the moment, unfortunately. Um, of course, it's fair. the year. That, yep. Round uh, round four breaking from a five, so we could see. I think he's still got a little bit of cash to make, but yeah, I agree that probably like the best of his value has already been uh, already been there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another question. I'm stuck in the boat of having Smith Shields and Alamotti as my centers. Uh, what do you think the best way to getting a Stags or a, or someone else in is? I don't think that's an awful like spot to be to be in, honestly, like um, Smith Shields, yeah, if you could be playing someone uh, better, that's obviously ideal. But Alamotti, I think he's, everyone should be putting Alamotti in their, in their centres. He's been unreal. 50 points last week. I think he's the premium out of all of these kind of cheaper centre wing options that we have. Yeah, I guess... I'd be looking at guys like Isaac Thompson as well, potentially, to try and um, swap to if you're kind of struggling for cash. Isaac Thompson, I think, has he's got a bit of a... He plays the Storm next week. Who have we got this week? Manly this week. So not too bad matchups for a, for a center wing. He had a good score on uh, last week with 39. The Hammer, you've probably missed the boat on, but... Is also one that a lot of people are running with who I think still is a pretty solid option. I'm not sure. Is there any other centers you're kind of looking at for potential upgrades? I know that's probably a, a position that I'm <laughs> neglecting a little bit just because I've got it kind of sorted at the moment and uh, looking at probably a little bit later on. But yeah, what do you I mean, there are, there are premium options like your birds and your, I don't know, you get, you get, like a, a Val Holmes or someone in, but I think if you've got like everyone's kind of running with cheap centers at the moment. So I wouldn't be too worried if you have Smith shields. Um, he will probably be out of this team in a week or two's time anyway, with Xavier Savage coming back in and then they'll move Seb Chris back to the center spot. So he'll be a sell probably in a week or two. He's only made what 50 K 60 K, not a huge amount of cash, but um, yeah, he'll, you'll have to offload him to another cheapy, at some stage and just hope that there's another center cheapy to, that comes in that you'll be able to, to go to. I think if you're, if you're running with the hammer as well, he's probably gonna, I mean, I'm only running with him as a cash cow, to be honest. I don't see him as a long-term center winger fullback, even with his, you know, his scores have been unreal at the moment, but that's because he's been scoring a ton of tries. He'll get to a point where he's kind of topped out. And I think he'll be, you know, good to sell on to like a bird or a, you know, a premium center like a Manu or a Graham, if you can, at some stage. But yeah, if you if you're stuck with these cheap centers, that's pretty standard for a lot of teams. Feel free to upgrade other positions before you upgrade them. Um, I wouldn't be too worried. Most people are running with cheap centers at the moment. I mean, if you could go from Smith Shields to, I don't know, an Isaac Thompson next week, or even like you said this week, like a, a Tupo, a junior Tupo at the at the Tigers. If you think he's going to hold his spot, he's also another option. Um, but yeah, there's, there's no issue running with cheap centers. And I guess just while we're on the topic, um, I kind of want to do, what are your kind of rankings of these kind of players for this week? I know I just said about Alan I think his must start category, where do you see guys 
like if you have to rank, let's say, Tamari Martin, Miss Shields, Warbrick, Thompson, Hammer, um, Campiera, guys like that, how are you kind of managing that this week? I would be doing it based on matchup. So I think this week I am playing Warbrick instead of Khan Pereira. That's just because the Storm are playing the Tigers. And I just don't see Khan Pereira doing the same thing um, against, the, against the Cowboys. It's really hard, though, because the matchups have kind of been a bit, bit hard to predict. The Warriors have been just on a stellar run, and they're beating some of the top eight teams at the moment. And same with the Titans. They're actually been playing quite well and putting a lot of points on teams. Not winning, but definitely putting a lot of points on teams. Um, so it is kind of hard to predict, but I'd be basing it off matchups most of the time. So uh, what were the ones you said? The So like Warbrick against the Tigers is an okay option to start. Like he hasn't been scoring crazy good anyway, so he's probably going to score, you know, between 25 to 30, roughly. Khan Pereira, he's a mixed bag. He needs tries to score well. Uh, he had, what, two tries on the weekend uh, and beat Warbrick for pace on the outside with one of them. So I don't see him scoring above 30 unless he has a couple of tries. So I wouldn't be starting him against the Cowboys. Uh, Smith Shields against the Knights is a decent play. I wouldn't be too mad if I had to start him this week. I think he's probably fine to start hoping he scores closer to a 30 this week against the Knights. Uh, who are the other ones that you had there? Uh, Tamari Martin as well, or, or Chance even. Yeah, see, I'd be playing Chans. No matter no matter what, I'd be playing Chans. But Tamari Martin, he's an interesting one. See, I've never been too high on Martin, as the preseason pods um, obviously show. Uh, but last week, he, he finally got into some attacking stats, had two try assists and a line break. So definitely got into, got into some work. I just don't think he can do that every week. I mean, I'd be fine starting him this week. The fact that he plays in the halves and you've got him at winger fullback is probably better to play him than some of these other players like a Warbrick or a, or a Cam Pereira just because he's closer to, to getting um, some attacking stats. But I uh, wouldn't be hoping or having my fingers crossed for anything long-term for Martin. Yeah, I mostly agree with that. The only kind of thing I would say is I'm a little bit off Warbrick after his performance on the weekends, which... Fairness to him is not entirely his fault just because the team never gets in the ball. Um, maybe it's hard when you play outside Remus Smith and, you know, Jerome Hughes, whoever goes short to Katoa or runs it himself each chance he gets. He doesn't really get those nice um, sweeping plays to the left like guys like uh, Piero do. So I'm actually going Piero over Warbrick this week. Even though he's got Tigers, I just, yeah, he hasn't got a, a line break. He hasn't got, like, really a tackle bust um, to speak of. So, um, oh, actually, that's a lie. He's got some tackle busts. But none of the, yeah, line breaks, tries you're kind of looking for in your wingers. So I'm, that's probably the one I'm looking um, elsewhere with Campiera. Um, and I mean, actually, I think, yeah, as you are saying. I was just going to say, not a bad shout, to be honest, because Cowboys got torn up by um, the, the the Warriors last week, and the Wingers had three tries, I think, two to two to Montoya and one to Kossi. So Camprera could be in for another couple of tries this week as well. Yeah, I think it's important to think about not just, I guess, the having your Wingers on good teams that are going to score points, but 
who they're going to come up against in the opposing team. Like, Campierre up against Kyle Felt, who's not known for his defending. Could, uh, yeah, definitely go on the outside of him a couple times, you would imagine. So, yeah. Yeah. To be honest, it's going to be a toss of a coin to, to see who actually <laughs> does get these kind of points. But, yeah, it's. I think most people have to choose between one or two of these players to, to put in their starting team. So, um, good luck to you. Hopefully you pick the right one. Um, another question from Dan. Is it too late to hop on Sean Johnson? Uh, and if not, Sean Johnson, is Berto an option? So, Burton at the Tigers. No, the Tigers at the Bulldogs. Yeah, I don't think it's too late to jump on Sean Johnson. Break even at 21. Yeah, he's killing it. Like the the Sean Johnson of old, kicking goals as well. Hasn't even like really got, you know, the triassists. Crisis and line breaks have been, you know, haven't been huge. So there's even room for potential improvement here. Getting a lot of kick meters, which is uh, which is nice to see as well. So yeah, I don't mind him. I think he's a pretty solid option. But we've also spoken a bit about he's probably bottomed out in price. So yeah, also one to to look at. We're also kind of concerned about the goal kicking. I think the goal kicking probably needs to be there for me if I'm going to buy him, but. I think it's yeah probably about as cheap as you'll get in this season at what six ten k or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, I think um, I think Johnson's a pretty good option if you can get him into your team at the moment. Burton, like you said, give him another week. Hopefully, he gets the kicking back. But Johnson, yeah, plenty of kick meters, kicking goals, um, and good base stats, which is always good to see. Mac asks, "What should I do with Tino? Ooh, big Tino for Suomala, are we? What are your thoughts around Tino? I know." My thoughts, he's definitely a hold for me. If I had him in my team, I'm just holding him through the the kind of peaks and troughs. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm the same, mate. I think, yeah, hold him. He's a gun. Yeah, nothing nothing else really to say. Like, he had that big score a couple of weeks ago when he got the try. I think he's, yeah, going to be mostly consistent he's been a little bit up and down to start the year but i think he'll kind of come back and hit that form that you probably bought him for eventually yeah yeah absolutely uh and i guess just to uh, there's a lot of questions here about what to do with adam dewey just to to tell people once and for all we're saying he's a sell this week right yeah i don't hate um holding him for a week or so just to double check but i think if you've got if you wanted to go with Sean Johnson, a Burton, uh, Nico Hines, there's a lot of options in the halves that you can go elsewhere. So I definitely am not against selling him this week. Yeah, I think there's there's plenty of other better options that you can get pretty much straight away uh, without having too much risk associated with them because Dewey at the Tigers, there's just so much risk now that he's been moved to fullback. So yeah, not a terrible sell for sure. Uh, okay, Steve asks, with Matto back at the Eels uh, and Cardi still in the team, is it too late to jump on uh, Bryce Cartwright? Uh, I think, what's his, what's his break even? Negative five still this week. So I think he's still got cash to make. Dawn Lang comes back round six, which I think probably means Bryce Cartwright loses his spot unless they... Put Sean Lane back into the, unless I put sorry Madison into the into the lock rotation again. But I think Bryce Cartwright is playing on the right, 
which is Sean Lane side. You're the you're the Para Eels fan. Correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah, I think for you're kind of trading him in for two weeks potentially at this point. So yeah. uh, I'm, but yeah, he's still got cash to make. So I think it kind of is team dependent in that sense. If you if you really need to make cash, he's probably not a bad option. Can still make it probably seventy ish k in the next two weeks, but. Uh, yeah, you're going to have to get rid of him eventually, I think. Yeah, I think you're probably better off going Jackson forward instead of Bryce Cartwright on an edge because at least Ford's going to be playing come round six, seven. Cartwright will be a sell in a couple of rounds once um, once Sean Lane comes back because he'll move back to the bench with, with Dury and then be you know potentially even out of the 17 considering they normally run with a lot more um, bench forwards rather than edges. So we'll see how that pans out. But yeah, I think it's a bit bit late to join the Cardi party, unfortunately. It's already over. Um, <laughs> Hooper asks, is Preston still a buy? I think we've already talked yes. about this. Yep. Yeah, get him in. Uh, question from Jeffers. Is it silly to cash down Sutton to a Leo Thompson to bring in a gun next week, or is that a waste of a trade? So Sutton um, kind of had a pretty yeah. average score, didn't he, this week? Yeah, 34. He did. Yeah, didn't look great, which was the same. I think if you're downgrading, I'd be downgrading probably lower than a Thompson. I'd probably go more like a Jackson Ford if you haven't got him. So you can like really free up some cash. Memory, Thompson's in the 400s. So that's generally what I try and do. If I'm going to downgrade, go hard or go home, I guess. (laughs) Downgrade uh, properly to like a cheapie versus... uh, yeah, going like a mid-ranger such as him. Yeah, Leo Thompson, he's moved away from lock as well. So he's back in the front row. I don't think he's going to get 60-plus minutes this week like he did last week. Uh, so, yeah, probably not one to to go. I think it's a bit safer going for a forward, like you said. Yeah, nice. Uh, next question, what do you do with Teddy? Uh, what to do with Teddy? I feel like we get this question every week. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you're just holding him now. He's, he's bottomed out. There's no point selling him now, I think. Uh, you've already lost the cash, so you may as well ride him until he, he goes back up. Yep, definitely for, for us non-Tedesco owners, he is one that I'm keeping a very close eye on and just waiting for him to to have that game where he kind of bounces back. He's got a break-even of 59 this week, which he could, he could easily hit, um, but I'm just hoping that he keeps kind of getting these you know, low 40s, high 30s scores so that, you know, once the once the Roosters hit a bit of form, he's a buy. And obviously they're, they're on the buy this week, um, so nothing to worry about. Just use him as a loop option if you've got him um, this week. I like it, yeah. Uh, another question, Walsh and Sloan, who's more valuable? Oh, see, I put Sloan and Walsh in the same category, whereas their, their scores will be very poor um, unless they get attacking stats. Sloan is... What he scored two tries in the last two games, and he's kind of scoring in the the forties. Walsh has been just racking up the, the the attacking stats, and he's been in the fifties. But once they kind of lose those stats, I've got a feeling they're going to drop back to your, your kind of low teens, high you know mid twenties type scores if they don't have any any involvement in the game. What are your thoughts there? Um, I think Reese Walsh will be probably like a thirty. I feel like it's his floor. Sloan, I think, is a little bit lower probably like a 20. Um, but yeah, they are both kind of tribe dependent. I think 
Walsh is probably the more valuable of the two. He's got probably the higher floor and the higher ceiling. So, if, yeah, if you've got the cash to do either of those two, I'd be going Reese Walsh, definitely. And just the Broncos, you can see them having a pretty good season. They've started well. The Dragons, I assume they're going to kind of uh, hit a wall at some point. Started all right, but, uh, yeah, you can see the Broncos kind of continuing to to roll over some teams where Reese Walsh is probably the benefit for that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thoughts on trading Tino to Nakora? Oh, Nakora is not one we've spoken about too much, actually. I think he's had, uh, what's he averaging? I think he's averaging in the, the 50s at the probably moment. Like he's 60. had two. Yeah, 60, actually. You're right, 59.7. He's had two tries in the last two games, though. So his scores are a little bit inflated. What are your thoughts on Nakora? Yeah, like him. He's, I guess, maybe a tricky one as well because they do have the buy coming up in, in a couple of weeks. It's low ownership. Um, but, yeah, he looked really good. And I think he's one of those second rowers that you can pencil in for a try every couple of games. Like, he's shown throughout his career that he, he scores a lot of tries. It's not, you know, a fluke by any stretch. Yeah, he's good. He's probably one of the better 2RF options, I think. So... Um, yeah, averaging more than guys like Feeder and things like that. So, yeah, you're cheering if you if you got him. And, yeah, he's not a bad shout for sure. If you had Tino, though, would you be going sideways to a Nakora? Sorry, yeah, I guess I would probably still be holding Tino. Um, but, yeah, if you've got another kind of trade to get you to a Nakora or even like a, a Colin Matungi, I know a few people are kind of interested in as well. Yep. Definitely don't mind those guys as, as pod players and yeah, been scoring well. So you'd be cheering if you got them. Yeah. Kaloma Tungy, absolutely insane. He's been killing it to start the season. I think that comes with the form of Ilias cause he plays off his shoulder. So yeah, definitely, definitely another, another second row option. That's looking very good um, this year. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it. Every second question is, is Dewey sell? Should I be holding Dewey? What to do with Dewey? Um, <laughs> What's Adam doing? Yeah, exactly. I think we've touched on it uh, a bit too much. That's, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it for the questions. Um, we'll be putting out our buy, hold, sell posts later this afternoon. So if you, well, for those that are listening to the podcast after Wednesday afternoon, it comes out every Wednesday afternoon. Um, so if you want to see what our thoughts are around the buy, hold, sells this week, just head over to our Instagram page at Footy Brains Pod, and we'll have a bit more information there. If you have any questions, feel free to comment on our posts or send us a message. Happy to answer those questions as they come in. Uh, once again, thanks, Josh. Another week down. And, geez, I'm hoping I actually can go up in rank for once this week instead of just dropping them. No dramas. Well, good luck to you, mate. Maybe you'll, uh, yeah, get to that same good bloke status this week. But, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, everyone, and catch you next week.